Germans had allowed the French to outmarch them and force the Austrians to fight on Napoleon's terms. The performance of his army had been most gratifying, Napoleon considered. Most of the soldiers who had engaged the enemy so far had been fresh recruits, yet they had fought superbly. But for the failure to prevent the Austrians from escaping across the Danube, the war would already be as good as won. Napoleon turned towards one of his officers. Machelin! The officer stiffened. Sir, your men will take the town, whatever they cost. Understand? Oh, yes, sir, Bland nodded, and casually adjusted his plumed bicorn over his brown curls. Oh, the lads will soon chase the Austrians out. They better, Napoleon replied curtly. Then he stepped closer to Lan and fixed his gaze on the marshal. I'm depending on you. Do not let me down. Lan smiled softly. Have I ever, sir? No. No, you haven't, Napoleon returned the smile. Good fortune be with you, my dear Jean. Lan saluted, then turned to stride swiftly towards the orderly who was holding his horse. Swinging himself up into the saddle, Lan touched his spurs in and trotted his mount forward, riding down from the small knoll towards the columns of his leading infantry division as they formed up out of range of the Austrian guns. A brief lull settled over the French positions and then a trumpet signalled the advance, and with a rattle of drums the infantry columns tramped towards the enemy fortifications. Ahead of them, a screen of skirmishers advanced in loose order, muskets lowered as they looked for individual targets along the line of the Austrian defences. Napoleon felt his heart harden at the sight of the blue-coated columns closing on the enemy-held town. At any moment the Austrians would open fire, and cones of case-shot would tear bloody holes in the brave ranks of his men. But Ratisbon had to be taken. "'For what we are about to receive,' Bertier muttered, as he strained his eyes to observe the leading elements of the division closing on the enemy defences. The Austrians held their fire until the French skirmishers had almost reached the wide ditch in front of the town's walls— then hundreds of tiny puffs of smoke pricked out along the walls as bright tongues of flame stabbed from the guns mounted on the towers and redoubts. Napoleon raised his telescope and saw that scores of the skirmishers had been cut down, and behind them the leading ranks of Land's columns reeled as they were subjected to a storm of lead musket balls and the iron shot of the guns. The officers raised their swords high, some placing their hats over the points to make them more visible, and urged their men on. The soldiers surged over the lip of the ditch and were lost to view for a moment before they reappeared, scrambling up the far slope and running on towards the wall. Above them, the battlements of the town were lined with the white uniforms of the Austrians, barely visible through the drifting banks of smoke that hung in the air like a tattered shroud. All the while, the attackers were being whittled down as they tried to reach the wall. Then, quite abruptly, the forward impetus died as the soldiers went to ground, huddling behind whatever cover they could find as they desperately exchanged shots with the enemy. Still more men entered the ditch, crowding those on the far slope who refused to advance any further. The dense mass of humanity presented an irresistible target to the enemy, who swept the ditch with case shot while grenades were lobbed down from the walls. They detonated with bright flashes, shooting shards of jagged iron in every direction, mutilating the men of Marshal Land's first wave. <sighs> Damn! Napoleon frowned irritably. Damn them! Why do they sit there and die in that ditch? If they want to live, then they must go forward. 
His frustration grew as the slaughter continued. At length, the inevitable happened as the men of the first wave slowly began to give ground, and then the pace increased as the urge to retreat spread through the soldiers like an invisible wave rippling out through their ranks. Within minutes, the last of the survivors sheltering in the ditch was hurrying away from the town, leaving the dead and wounded sprawled and heaped before the wall. As the men streamed back, the Austrians continued to fire after them until the French were out of musket range, and then only the cannon continued, firing several more rounds of case shot before they too fell silent. Abruptly, Napoleon dug his spurs in and urged his mount down the gentle slope of the knoll before galloping towards Land's forward command point in the ruins of a small chapel. The Emperor's bodyguards and staff officers hurried after him, anxiously trying to keep up. Marshal Land strode forward to confront the first of the fugitives as soon as he was aware that the attack had failed. By the time Napoleon reached him, he was berating a